Hello and welcome to the Evity Lab podcast. My name is Sam and I'm here with my good friend AJ. Hey there. Together we review movies, TV shows, and streaming content. And joining us for a special appearance is my lovely girlfriend Sarah, who has special insight into this wonderful film. Thank you and hello. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. What is it you want, Mary? You, you want the moon? I want the truth! I see dead people. No! Shoot your eye out, kid. This is Sparta! I am your father. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us all unite! Today, we will be reviewing the movie Anastasia, Once Upon a Time. Well, there's no summary that I can find on IMDb. Uh, If you want any summary at all, There's one on Wikipedia that I found where it just says, this is a 2020 American fantasy adventure film based on the legend of Grand Duchess Anastasia Nikolavna. The film stars Armando Gutierrez as Grigori Rasputin, Joe Coy as Vladimir Lenin, Brandon Ruth as Nicholas II, and Emily Carey as Anastasia. The film was released through digital platforms on April 7th, 2020. And let me just say, as soon as this movie starts off, I knew we were in for what could only be described as a disgraceful piece of visual medium. (laughs) Yep. I, I have so many notes for this movie that I have filled up five pages on my phone. That's incredible because I, I was pretty much unable to take notes because it, I don't even know where to begin. I can tell you where we begin. Is Did you guys notice how loud the music gets at certain parts of this movie where it's hard to hear what the hell people are saying? Yeah, we had to turn on the subtitles to watch because both the volume was off and also the horrible... Russian accents are basically unintelligible. Once the Romanovs ruled all of Russia. For 300 years the dynasty reigned, from the first family to the last. It's about the Russian accents is, yes, they are b- very disgraceful in terms of how they sound, but it doesn't make sense either when in the beginning of the movie they're all speaking English. But the whole premise of this movie is that <laughs> the Russian family like becomes under attack by Lenin. So they have to escape through a magical portal. And as soon as they go through this magical portal, they like lose the ability to speak English. Yeah, in this universe, they're not speaking English. They're only talking in English so that the audience can understand. I don't know about that. Oh, that's totally what it is. Sarah, do you concur? To be honest, I was so distracted by other like atrocities that were happening in the film that it was hard to even pick up on whether or not that was intentional or just an accident or just like the mess of somebody not paying attention to the language that was being used or how people were communicating. Because like when Anastasia arrives, does she she like hesitates to speak, right? Yeah, which I guess could be out of fear. But yeah, because they're obviously not going to have these actors speak Russian. It's it's kind of like the animated Anastasia movie. They're all speaking English, but because it's a historical thing, we know that they're talking in Russian. It's not a fantasy. To me, it seems like a mistake right. where they just completely like the script writer forgot or whoever the script supervisor was like <laughs> forgot to be like, oh, they shouldn't be speaking English at this point. They should still be speaking Russian. 
I think that's a lot of confidence in the audience, AJ. I don't think that that's what happened. I don't think that they're... No, come on. Like we're, we're, we, we all know that these are historically Russian figures and they're talking in their accents as a... But does the film know that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't know. It's... That it does. Like, you have an Asian man playing Lenin, which is fine. Like, not... I, I'm not even saying that that can't be the case, but just like, I don't even know if the film knows who they're portraying. Like, it's, it's almost as if somebody heard that once upon a time there was a Russian royal family, but they had no concept of the Russian language. Or- <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a little bit of a leg up because AJ prepped me in two funny texts saying how he was so happy I had my virgin eyes. We're going to love watching this disgraceful film. And so I was actually pretty pumped to watch it. And halfway through, I was laughing out loud at how bad every single aspect of filmmaking this movie portrays from the cinematography. It looks like a soap opera type yeah. flick with all the weird soft lighting, the horrible audio design of loud music, the terrible acting. This has a couple of major stars in it, yeah, too. Yeah, it does. I want to know how sweet, beloved Broadway star Donna Murphy ended up in this. I was like outraged when I realized Donna Murphy and the Superman guy who was Superman back in like 06, right? Yeah, or- Brandon Ruth is his name. He's yeah. the, the czar in the beginning who tries his best at a Russian accent, like we've been saying, but it is not. His good. is the worst. His is the where I had to say, no, no, no. We need the subtitles. Thank you for always being there for often I think you may be her only friend it's just the age I know it well it was the age when your family found me the girl who plays his youngest daughter I guess uh, is played by Emily Carey who she was in uh, Wonder Woman she played young Diana she was in Tomb Raider and other big stuff wait you mean Anastasia yeah. Oh wow. She was she played young Diana in Wonder Woman in 2017. Oh god. And even the other blonde girl who becomes Anastasia's like new friend. boy or uh, new best friend in the 80s yeah. is played by Amaya Miller and she was in freaking War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh my god. Oh wow, that girl. I remember her. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it feels kind of like all these actors got conned into this. Like, like, like no, had to, no one quite realized what this movie was going to be. They had to have gotten this just for like a decent paycheck. I, it must have been good. I don't. Well, first of all, most of these actors only needed like maybe one or two days on set. I think the Anastasia and the the younger blonde girl and Rasputin are the only ones that needed multiple shooting days because everyone else they're in the palace for a few scenes, but they aren't complex scenes or anything. Sarah, I'll ask you this first, and then I'll ask AJ. When do you think filming started for this? The way you're phrasing that question means that 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 filming started probably really early, like a long time ago. <laughs> Despite the names attached to the project, I wouldn't be surprised if we got stuck in like post-production hell when they realized they like had no story and had to put something together from what they had filmed. So maybe like 2017. Yeah, 2018. that's what I would guess too. Is 2017. Principal production began in the summer of 2017 in Louisville, Kentucky. And, wow. uh, Nothing says St. Petersburg like Louisville. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which you would have thought like 
it almost would have been cheaper probably just to go to Russia and film in like Oh yeah, they would they would have given they would have given gotten a budget deal to go to Russia for this. I can't even find anywhere what the budget was for Oh this. really? No so no tells you. you can't find any figures? I nope. I I've done some searching of what I could and I couldn't come up with anything. That's super funny. Sam, do you know anything about the production company? Because my instinct tells me that it's a newer company. Doesn't sound like it has a lot of of roots or real respectability yet. <laughs> like this strikes me as um, a small studio, like newer studio effort. It says it was distributed by Freestyle Digital Media, which that sounds so opaque. <laughs> well, if you click on their Wikipedia profile, they do have quite a list of. I don't know, I guess medium budget movies, anywhere from 40 million to like as little as 2 million. Oh, okay. They seem to be, you know, this is their bread and butter, a lot of kind of weird out there movies like The Nutcracker in 3D, Mm. uh, God's Not Dead, Crooked Arrows. Can I rant in an obnoxious way very briefly about my issues with some of the things that they set up from the historical standpoint and things that they seem to screw up? As the professional who knows more about Russian culture than either AJ or I combined, yes, go ahead. I would not say professional at all. You are, um, you are, you were a history major, though. So okay, so we open on Anastasia sitting on a swing with Rasputin, and he like does something magical, and like butterflies appear in the air. I wish everyone could come, all of Russia. One day, when you, they would, I can see it. It's part of your magic. St. Basil's Cathedral is visible from the Winter Palace, which doesn't make any sense because I'm confident that St. Basil's is in Moscow, a part of the Red Square, but the Winter Palace is in St. Petersburg. And I know that's incredibly nitpicky, but it was just hilarious to me that they had this like massive view of the cathedral when that's not, I, I don't know why they chose to like green screen that in um, other than to confirm like we are in Russia, just in case people were unclear on that. And the new neighbors of this young girl, after she has sent Anastasia back through the portal, back to 1917, whenever it was, um, Anastasia and her family somehow escape the murder and the assassination by by Lenin, who I guess is showing up in the palace with a handgun. Sure, that's how it happened. But they don't attempt to explain how they survive, how uh, old... Like, Anastasia- what was the point of going and doing the time travel other than making a friend? Right! And Anastasia decided to leave Russia behind and relocate to Madisonville in her 90s. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then she... It, nothing about it connects. What was up with that? Why would you just label it Madison? Yeah, I, it, it clearly is Madison, Wisconsin, but I don't know how they chose it. I don't know why. You know, maybe they picked it for how ambiguous it is because I think there's a city of Madison in almost every state, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. I I think they wanted to just have like, you know, the standard Midwestern town is, sure. is the vibe they were going for. <laughs> I liked how they glossed over the assassination of these children and their mother and father and just made it all a nice once upon a time <laughs> little story. But we Did don't that really happen? Did they actually die? They did. Yeah, they're all uh, dead. 
Yes, it was it was really tragic. Um, upon the Civil War, the Romanovs were relocated to Yekaterinburg, which is outside of Russia, a very cold, desolate place, and were assassinated in the middle of the night by by Bolsheviks. So they weren't in their palace. They had already been sort of forced out and were being held captive essentially as prisoners of war. So it's an incredibly tragic story about the deaths of these young children. And Rasputin plays a really interesting role in this family's life in that Tsarina Alexandra really loved him and doted on him because he was one of the only people who could help calm their only son, Alexei, who was a hemophiliac, which was a secret they were keeping from the country because he was the only viable heir. And you don't want your country to know that your only viable heir is incredibly ill. And he would have these terrible fits and he was really sick. And Rasputin was this like kind of disturbing, very dark, mysterious guy who really manipulated and exploited her her sadness over being helpless for her sick son. And so to see him characterized as this like charming, magical wizard man who loved Anastasia was also just an unexpected twist. This movie made a lot of decisions that were really unexpected. This movie did somersaults to rehabilitate Rasputin's image. <laughs> they, they were really concerned about portraying him in a positive light. <laughs> Wouldn't you think if you were the family, whether or not you knew Rasputin super close, you see a guy who's just like suddenly making butterflies in a portal out of nowhere, you'd be losing your goddamn mind. You would think. They were all really calm about it. Well, because in this universe, Rasputin's kind of like a Gandalf where he's just like the wizard of the place. And he, he does little tricks for the family. Except he's an idiot. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> he makes the portal, mm-hmm. and then he gets whatever magical sing-song spell put on him, and then he becomes like just a nincompoop for the rest of the movie. <laughs> he's like under a giant spell. Ogre chasing a little girl. Yeah, he's under an evil spell, Sam. Find her, the Grand Duchess Anastasia. Dude, I'm getting fired up because the movie itself comes in at what, like an hour 30, something close to that? Yep. This movie could have been easily an hour or just like a short little thing on Vimeo or something. Had the director cut out all of the stupid ass montages where we see Rasputin or the girls. I know it was to burn time so they could just make a feature film time. Totally. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb scenes of them just like hanging out in the mall. They meet a pop star for some reason. It's kind of like they combined a bunch of 90s movies tropes for no reason at all. It's just trying to connect time travel with little life lessons that you would learn on like a Saturday family show or something. Like be nice to your friends or don't be a bully or like stick up for one another or something through these like force fed little scenes. That almost sounds like it's giving it too much deliberate credit. Like I was saying, it's just like a lot of 90s tropes, but they don't connect. I don't really understand who this movie's for. It's kind of, it's like defaulting to a kid's movie, but none of this is good or relevant or interesting. The whole shtick is that, wow, what if Anastasia survived and time traveled to the 1980s into Madison, Wisconsin? 
and just like walked around for a while. <laughs> like, like that is the entire film. <laughs> that's a better. That's the best logline for the movie. What if Anastasia survived, time traveled, and walked around for a while and did some stuff? Yeah, in Madison, oh, Wisconsin, it. in the 1980s. That's it. That's the movie. Yeah. I'm amazed too when we talked about several of the big stars that are in this movie and just how stiff and wooden the acting is in this. They must have gotten just like hardly any direction on set because like the timing of their lines is weird. The lines themselves are so generic and forced. When Anastasia comes across the into the new 1980s world for the first time through the stupid portal and she almost gets hit by the mom in the car. Uh, with uh, the new bl- blonde best friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, response of the uh, mom. Like, just like, oh, whoa, where is she going? And then, like, the girl just runs off and, like, she's just like, oh, all right, well, and keeps driving. Yeah. It's like, what? No, no, no. You know what she said? She didn't even realize it was a girl. She's like, she said, De- oh, yeah. She's like, the deer are really bad this time of year. And the daughter's just (laughs) because yeah, apparently her glasses slipped off or something. And then the daughter's like, "Uh, yeah, dear." And she didn't bother to mention to her mom that she almost (laughs) killed killed a pedestrian. (laughs) We've talked about that, Megan. It's not okay. I swear, so many deer this time of year. Yeah, deer. What was your take on the whole necklace as a plot device thing for her to like find a friend? It's fucking awful. It wasn't. It was pretty bad. The way that it would glow. And I mean, uh, it was this massive piece of jewelry. And um, yeah, that's how she determined who she could trust. Right. And that she found the Megan girl. A quick. Side note, didn't Anastasia like magically cut the hedges of the neighbor's yard into oh, yeah. animals? She did. <laughs> that didn't go anywhere. Are we ever going to learn how she, at the age of like 12 years old, knew how to to cut hedges? Sorry, there is She's so a princess. Many- she can do things. <laughs> there are just so many people. But you, as a princess, that would go to like the slaves of the house, yeah. not the freaking. <laughs> that, that's what Sarah said when we were watching. Like, she wouldn't know how to do that. <laughs> the serfs would be doing that. Right. <laughs> Which begs the question is Anastasia herself magical? Well, that that mm-hmm. is a very strong possibility. I mean, let's look at the evidence. She, what did she do when, in her time in Madison? She cut some hedges. Oh, no, 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 no. She is magical. Remember the scene where the bullies like confront them by the park, the old park, and she makes vines come up? Yeah, but she's doing that with the amulet. Okay, so maybe the it's, amulet, the amulet is, like, is, is her the source of all of her magic. For me, I think the vine scene in the park where they face the three bully girls, Beatrice and her two little hench women, was one of the worst things I've seen both acting-wise, CG-wise audio wise it looks like two wet noodles with leaves that came out and like there was no fear or anything it made me want to puke um who are you and isn't halloween next weekend come on beatrice leave her alone let's get out of here How? How did you do that? What actually trick? 
whatever it was, it was awesome. Also, what kind of a brat kid do you have to be raising like at the birthday party where the blonde girl gives Beatrice a book or whatever it was for a present and she yeah. just goes, <laughs> who gets this? <laughs> and just throws it away in front of her face. <laughs> yeah, it's a really dumb interpretation of what catty teenage girls are in the 1980s. Like, oh, look at these teenage girls fighting and sh- this one's being a bitch and... This girl is just trying to, she's really book smart and really funny, and she just is misunderstood by everyone. It feels like I'm watching a cross between like Hannah Montana and Hilary Duff movies. That's what it is. Is That's insulting. Hilary Duff. But bad. But bad. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't like have any opinions on the other movies. I'm just saying like the plot elements of like, oh, she runs into a girl that she doesn't get along with and the other girl is really mean to her. It yeah. sounds like a very... Like Hillary Duff, Hannah Montana plot. I guess that's what this movie would be tailored to. Is It's like a mixture of trying to be a hallmark adult pleaser, but at the same time, mainly marketed at like young girls who want to, I don't know, maybe they're in a bully situation or want to be a princess or some shit. I think the age group that this would have to be targeted towards is like girls from the age of five to seven. <laughs> Because once you've seen any other movie besides this, you're like, wow, that, that movie's shit. <laughs> like, you can watch the animated version. <laughs> Literally anything. Yeah, like, I, I don't understand who would possibly be entertained by this. It's definitely not an adult pleaser. It almost feels like it was written by a bot. Like, <laughs> you fed a bot, like, here's a bunch of cliches from <laughs> movies. Oh, also here's what happened to the Romanovs at the time of the Russian revolution. <laughs> like, It's like when you're reading a bot script of like uh, a famous politician speech, or um, I've seen bots spit out stuff if they were to rewrite twilight, right? Like these hilarious AI configurations. We fed a bot the Wikipedia entry for the Romanovs and also the Wikipedia for Hannah Montana. And this is what it gave us. <laughs> It does, that's sort of exact. I think this is what you would get. So I have a hard time even knowing or believing that like a person wrote this and thought it was a good idea. Like as you're saying, I don't know who this is for. Because just because something's designed for children doesn't mean it should be bad, right? No. Like children have complex thoughts. They they deserve good media. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I, I don't even understand who like even a five year old probably wouldn't be that entertained by it. It's just not entertaining. It was written and directed by a fellow named Blake Harris, who, looking at his other credits, he has written on other titles called uh, A Boy and His Monster, The Little Mermaid, How to Catch a Ghost, 12 Dates of Christmas. And he's directed The Little Mermaid. Which I don't. Are you talking about, like, is this the live about? action one or what is this? It looks like another crappy, weird movie like this. Oh. Where a new t- <laughs> yeah, dude. It, we're going to have to watch this next, I think. No, never. The, <laughs> the Little Mermaid, a new twist on the classic tale. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the poster looks exactly like this. Oh, no. That's, that's so hacky. It's just like, oh, yeah. Remember that animated movie that everyone loved? Well, I'm going to switch it up and add some time travel. Which, dude. I'd be fine with different interpretations of movies like this and different outcomes, but you got to be checking off the boxes of basic filmmaking. Like the direction must have been terrible. The editing shit. The cinematography is cheesy. The visual effects I wanted to touch on next with you guys. 
let's just take the necklace for example like what sarah was saying earlier when it (laughs) when a person who's like evil or good it just like it lights up blue or red and it does this stupid little shimmer sound like wasn't there always like like it would it would take a minute for the thing to glow it was like the people's reaction to the glowing took longer than it would have in real life if the necklace were actually glowing like they didn't time it well yeah if you just looked at a person and you judged oh they look pretty decent or oh they look scary i'm gonna go away (laughs) it just there was like a leg there's a literal time leg that was so cringy that they had to add in because the effect was was executed so poorly and then again the stupid poison ivy looking vines that come out to attack the bullies in the park which why would you be playing in that playground again? It looks like everything's covered by poison ivy. Are there no other fun playgrounds to play around besides that one? That was a pretty awful looking playground. It had like a swing set and a bunch of tires. <laughs> that they used to, to trick Rasputin. Yeah, that was actually probably in, in, in a movie with many awful scenes. I think that was the worst one where they're like trying to juke Rasputin. They developed a plan behind these tires of like, okay, you run, I'll I'll hold them off or something. And she goes around and goes, ah, there's <laughs> <her> something. <laughs> it just looks awful. In reality, Rasputin could have grabbed both these little girls like by the back of the head and just slammed them in the ground and knocked them out cold. Oh yeah, but I forgot about the what do you call that merry-go-round thing they went on? What is that 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 playground object? Because that's how they get them. It's a merry-go-round. Sort of. I guess it is by default. Yeah, they, they, it's a little miniature merry-go-round. And Rasputin is like on the other side of it. He's like, I'm going to get you. And he's he takes a shortcut by going onto it. And that's when the vines come up again and tie him down. It's what's known as a roundabout, AJ. Oh, thank you. Did you Google that? Yeah, I literally typed <laughs> in, I started typing in metal spinning playground. And then it finished it up with thing. Okay. <laughs> roundabout. Okay, well. But then he does escape, right? I mean, yeah, he does. He eventually gets through, but obviously they were strong enough to hold him there at first. You know, you gotta, you gotta buy the the fantasy world that they're, they're giving you. But then the girl, Anastasia, in the time that he gets tied up by the roundabout, when she's trying to run back to the portal to go through for whatever reason, she's like slow as hell. He gets out and still has time to go over and grab her again. And all the while the music is playing, it's very anticlimactic. There's seriously only the music playing with the slow orchestra, plus the squeaky sound effects of the (laughs) spinny wheel thing. Get ready. Go. Mm -hmm. It felt like there were multiple points at which you expected it to end, and it just didn't. Like... I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah. they'll use the swing set to jump over him. That didn't work. They'll use the vines to keep him trapped. That didn't work. She'll outrun him. He caught up to her. There are so many points where you expected it to just come to a conclusion, but they dragged it on and it was painfully slow and strange. Yeah. Just, like, Rasputin isn't walking fast either. He's averaging like two steps every 30 seconds <laughs> right he probably didn't even hit ten thousand steps on his fitbit no Honestly, definitely not in that last scene we see anastasia go on the swing 
and the blonde girl pushed her. Oh, that's right. <laughs> jumps over uh, Rasputin. Oh my god! And like knocks him out somehow in that process. I th- no, he she jumps over him, right? No, he backs away because he's like. Frightened. Oh yeah, that's right. He he approaches the swing, and and he gets like psyched out because she's swinging towards him, and so he backs up. <laughs> that's right. No, uh, what the fuck. Yeah, it's see, it's hard to really convey to any audience just how awful these scenes were and how illogical they were. They made zero sense, zero sense. I I cannot stress that enough. The writing here was was not good. I'm I'm sorry to be mean to you, Blake Harris, but this was not a good effort. <laughs> like we have a fashion show with Rasputin at the mall. Yeah. This song is literally in this movie. That 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 was the worst '90s esque scene of of you know like Anastasia being a teenage girl and getting to try on some clothes. He has a dance off. Yeah, he has a dance off. That's right. That okay, okay, Sarah, t- talk about the dance off. <laughs> pause, scene for a pause. Talk about the dance off. <laughs> um, it went on for too long. Yeah. I can say that. Yeah, it did go on for way too long. Yeah. I was so excited when this started. <laughs> thought that maybe we were going to get some fine shots of Rasputin doing that traditional Russian dancing that everybody thinks of when they think of the men doing the, the really intense, like acrobatic dancing um, from Russia where they're bouncing down and, and up really quickly and kicking their legs out. And he attempts it, but it looks so pitiful and it's... It doesn't look good. <laughs> no, we didn't even get him a body double. His ass was kicked by those two uh, <laughs> other black dancers. I was so excited. I thought maybe we'll get some actually surprisingly entertaining dancing, but no, he's just he's just a dude in his forties kicking his heels out, pretending he's a an accomplished Russian dancer. <laughs> they only stuck on that shot from like one angle. There was no movement. It was boring. And uh, I a thousand percent called it though a thousand miles away. I'm like he's gonna have a dance off with somebody as soon as he goes to the mall. And I fucking called it as soon as he met those two dancers. I'm like, yep, it's happening now. Oh god! <laughs> I also do want to mention a very important thing. So obviously, there's just no historical accuracy here. But the most puzzling thing is the witch slash enchantress that donna murphy plays that teams up with lennon in the beginning (laughs) she's wearing feathers and has a very native american vibe to her for zero reason at all and i don't understand what's her angle like is this this whole movie it feels like a very anti-communist like propaganda piece of like ah and the witch teamed up with lenin to strike down the 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 romanovs and poor rasputin was maligned by the communists (laughs) like that's this this, honest if you told me that this was funded by like (laughs) some right-wing pro-fascist anti-communist people i'd be like oh yeah yeah this that makes sense i get it now I love the idea that it's a vehicle for some political ploy. Yeah. That is amusing as hell. Yeah, no, I that's what it felt like to me because it was just so bad and so heavy-handed. Like, Lenin personally storms the palace and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and with a witch. 
crappy. It's not even good slow motion, but he goes to shoot the czar. It's yeah. like the shitty half frame yeah. speed. And yeah. He shoots him with like a little flare. Yeah, at the end, he shoots <laughs> Anastasia <laughs> through the portal and he looks. <laughs> but the amulet saved her. If you got shot in the chest by a handgun at like almost point blank range, I don't care what you have on you, whether it's a magical amulet or not, you're gonna have like some internal bleeding. In your it, lungs. it would hurt. It would. It would hurt. I like. It, it probably was a, a very solid metal object. I'm sure magical amulets are quite thick. Uh, so I, I'm. <laughs> it's like a little twelve year old girl. It hit though. Yeah. It no, blew her back into the wall. Well, let's let's be real here. These are Russian made pistols. They're not that good. I mean, this is. I, oh shit! Yeah. AJ's talking smack <laughs> on the Russian. Uh, yeah, weapons. yeah. No, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what they're Torakev. What's that pistol model? Anyway, that's not important. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. AJ, did you like how the Bolsheviks were um, outfitted in suits, circa? 19- oh yeah, the the communist meeting where they were plotting to take over the the palace, and Lenin gives his speech to rally his comrades. You see, elitism. Royalty. They mock us as commoners. They mock the very essence of our country. Mark my words when I say this. This will be the great downfall. Their lavish malls, their imperial costumes, their feasts and arts. I vow to end this dynasty from ruling our Russia once and for all. None of the comrades are like, talking or like egging him on or encouraging him they're just sitting there menacingly this felt like a very middle school-esque video project <laughs> we're just yeah. like they brought uh, they yeah, brought I, in a bunch of random guys like hey all right just stand here you're a menacing communist and lenin is gonna give you a rousing speech <laughs> wear a black suit <laughs> yeah wear a black suit even though this is 1917 russia <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure a suit did did suits exist in 1917 like that? I feel like not. not like, no, they were clearly suits from like the 70s or the 80s. Yeah. It was distractingly bad. Yeah, the 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 wardrobe here was a mess. Whoever look, if you did wardrobe on this movie and you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, you should stop. You should do a change of career because this was not well well done at all. And I want to make sure that we allocate some time to talk about that lovely musical interlude. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole movie. The only song sung in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, dubbed by what appears to be a five-year-old girl. Yeah. Not actually her singing clearly somebody else singing because they it looks like they got 30 seconds worth of her like mumbling her lips and then they just played it on loop over and over because getting a five-year-old girl to to mouth these words i guess was just too complicated so they keep using the same shot over and over Yeah, I'm, I wonder if it's actually that girl singing or who it... Oh, obviously she's not singing in the shot, but I'm wondering if... I don't think it's her voice. It sounded like yeah, somebody... it sounded older. like someone older, so... It sounded too good. It's like a pop song with incredibly... Oh, that's right. ...and meaningless lyrics. Yeah, it's those like, were funny, too. Like, I have a dream of butterflies. Like, it was that... 
That Maybe. was that was a very <laughs> that was a very Hannah Montana moment. I don't know what we were supposed to learn from that. Something Anastasia has a kind heart. Like I don't know what the point of the orphans coming into the palace is about. I, I yeah. <laughs> that uh, the rich will give you bread every so often just to keep you happy. <laughs> I could not summarize a theme here. Like trust good people like be nice i i don't know what would you guys say even a theme for this movie is none of this had like all the mall escapades there was no point to it it was just they 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 hung around the pop star and tried on clothes maybe all right here's what i think it is it's it's isn't it great that anastasia got to live out some of her teenage years in a mall <laughs> instead of being murdered. <laughs> if the, okay. If, if this line doesn't tell you that they really had no direction for this movie, I don't know what will. This is where the blonde chick and Anastasia are like partying in the abandoned house. Uh, the blonde girl tells her that she has to go change. She says, I have to change, but it'll only be a sec. It's perk of being twelve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess. What? I guess. What does that mean? <laughs> I guess younger kids take less time to dress. I think that's the implication. Which I guess they have is, to put on less clothes. <laughs> no, I think it's just that they, because they're young, they don't have all the idiosyncratic like ways to make themselves look really nice. That's that's what I got out of it. I don't know if that's true. I have no idea if if younger girls or boys take less time but that's the implication here even if that's the case can a 12 year old actually say that no what? no it's very unnatural like no one no one would say that no especially this, in the this moment isn't written how people talk <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right it's that's that, the main thing that line people was written don't yeah. talk like that. right that line's written as if it was the writer saying the line rather than the person you know what this movie is aj and sarah i think it's the director and writer Blake Harris's suppressed desire to relive some of his childhood moments, and he's doing that through this little girl's adventure. Maybe he never got the chance to go to the mall, have some fun with his friends, watch a concert, uh, go on a wild goose chase, running from some crazy Rasputin. I that's about as good as I can come up with for an idea of what this movie is trying to do. Accomplish. You, you think Blake Harris had a dream of? Of a of a teenage girl fantasy uh, from the nineties, <laughs> like a teen, yeah, I think like he, a maybe he the type of guy who <laughs> couldn't he couldn't make friends well. He's probably stayed at home all the time, played games, and just like wrote these weird stories in his head of like magic little butterflies and this... wanting friends so badly that he's just communicating that through this weird weird world that we witnessed that lines up just in that like he has no idea how actual people and young children speak and and so he had to write this yeah. and it's so clear he has no idea how they speak because the way these girls interact with each other and their world just is so inhuman it's robotic and and weird i'm convinced it was a bot and that blake mm. harris a real person. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with AJ's take that this is actually a political ploy, anti-communist, and that all the time spent in the mall is a celebration of American capital. Oh, I didn't pick that up. That's good. I like it. <laughs> that's nice. That's, that's a, tying, tying in the theme very nicely. with the <laughs> Actually, communists are bad and consumerism is good. <laughs> 
That's what this movie is all about. Just a side note, when they're eating the spaghetti and Anastasia uses her hands, even though she was a duchess who definitely knew how to use a fork, any any hot takes on that scene? <laughs> on the spaghetti? No, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah, it's super dumb. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's the thing. It's just fucking stupid. <laughs> she was she was perplexed by pasta. That's that that was the take there. It's like, wow, look at these not this 1980s food. Wonder what this is. That's how they eat spaghetti in Russia. Did you know this? I had no idea. But it's certainly more fun. It's trying to make that weird connection of like, you're supposed to care for these goofy little girls and they're having this weird, funny little moment to make them bond. But later in the film, where they're in this haunted maze during Halloween and the blonde girl and Anastasia become separated so quickly and the blonde girl gives up so fast on trying to find Anastasia, even though she's like her newest, bestest friend. She just thinks she like abandoned her. Is like, no, fine. And just walks away. She was so (laughs) upset. She's like, oh my God, she abandoned me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so fast. That's a great point. Oh man. What do you think <laughs> when the blonde girl like somehow gets home very fast and then sees on the news that Anastasia's being taken away by Rasputin on TV, gets all the way back and is able to find him in time. What if she beat Rasputin over the back of the head with to knock him out? It looked like a little plastic yeah stick or something yeah it's first of all she would not have the strength to knock him out with anything no he's huge he's like seven foot tall no she knocked him out cold too <laughs> she he went down <laughs> i forgot about that yeah what object did she even use to uh, to accomplish that Do you know what it is she didn't even hit him on the head he she hit him on like his back like his hip, right 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 and he just like goes down i do remember that that was odd why didn't she just resort to to blunt force when it came time to send Anastasia through the portal. Yeah, obviously she had superhuman strength. That would have worked just as well. It's just, uh, this movie is so fucking all over the place. It's, I don't even, it's, it's just so, it's so, it makes zero sense. Podcast review. The film is also. This, 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 yeah, this podcast is very all over the place because that's how the film is. It's just a bunch of randomly strung together events that have no meaning. You know what I just realized that I think, blows an even more major plot hole in this movie is the fact that Rasputin is this like magical wizard character who can time travel but the fact that he goes through a time travel hole that he created goes to 1980 whatever he's like blown away by the technology and just everything there and by a swing why would he not be like okay yep this is this era because he must have time traveled to other eras and been all over the place well now you're just reading way too much into it. We don't know if he's a time-traveling wizard. Just because he can send people into the future doesn't mean he does himself. All right. Well, I'm just saying. I'm trying to defend this film because, you know, we're, we have to just accept the rules they, <laughs> they, they've put down for us. If Rasputin can do that, that doesn't mean he's, he's a time-traveler. Sam, you know, that's a really incredibly valid thought that I imagine only took you a few minutes to to come up with, which shows that you have already thought about this more than the script writer. Blake Harris, we're so sorry. Yeah, it's, sorry, Blake. I can't believe that this got greenlit, that this got made. You really have to wonder if he had some weird angel investors that maybe it was his grandma or something that funded I, I it I think mostly. this movie was probably a front for like money laundering or something. 
<laughs> some Russian oligarch had to funnel some money into the U.S. and Blake Harris was happy to take all the millions and clean it by putting it into this movie. I wish Anastasia just got shot. It would have been a better <laughs> ending to the movie. She <laughs> sacrificed. She sacrifices herself. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm like half kidding. Wouldn't you think that would put more emotional weight well, on her? It would. Story? It would. It would be too dark for a kids' movie. Then, like this would have to be rated PG-13. <laughs> if 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 we go through all those cartoonishly awful scenes, only to watch Anastasia get a bullet through the heart. <laughs> <laughs> What doesn't make sense to me is that the first time she went through the portal, it spits her out in Madisonville. But the second time, like after she returns to Russia, when she and her family go through the portal again, they get spit out in their yard. Well, that's wait. Gets oh yeah. Well that's because Rasputin has control of these portals, Sarah. But he didn't the first time? Like, I don't I guess if I'm being generous, Rasputin just like wanted to throw up a time portal to wherever. And he's like, oh, he had no premonition or thoughts on like where he was sending her. He's just like, I'm going to send you out. You know, actually, now that you mention it, if he can create a portal to get the family out into the front yard, why why didn't he put Anastasia a mile away or like to some monarch loyalists in the country in present time rather than time traveling <laughs> to an unknown and potentially hostile world? He just catapults her into the future and hopes for the best. For all he knows, the world has ended in 1980, and he he takes that risk with her. And I think that's very irresponsible of Rasputin. I think you are, again, already thinking about it more than anybody who had anything to do with yeah, this movie. Yeah, I'm only just realizing how deeply flawed the premise of this story is. It's basically <laughs> like they wanted an excuse to put a princess into the future to have that like cheeky... I don't really know what genre you would call this. Oh, no, no. It's like... um. Princess Diary isn't quite right, but you know, like where you're putting royalty in a situation where they're not used to, and it's like the novelty of like, oh, I don't know what spaghetti is, or wow, look at these malls. (laughs) 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 That's exactly what this movie was. We cracked the puzzle. (laughs) God, fuck this movie. I went in and I found some reviews. Um, This did not get good reviews, believe it or not. On IMDb, it has a grand total of a 3.0 star rating from people. If you click on the star ratings, it tells you a breakdown. So like 50% of the users that rated gave it a one star, but 10% gave it a 10 star rating. It's because he probably invited a bunch of people yeah, yeah, that he knew yeah, to give it 10 yeah, stars. That's his friends and family. That Honestly, it probably is. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a couple of funny reviews I thought were pretty good that uh, I think other people might enjoy. <laughs> the first one on IMDb is Russophobia, cultural appropriation. This is disgusting. Stop mocking other cultures and learn to use Google for once if you don't have normal history textbooks at schools. Russian people are depicted as barbarians and I find it offensive, as if this mocked me personally. If you can't create normal representation and respect other cultures, then please don't even try ever again to mock your own culture. Oh, wait, you don't have any. Whoops. Damn. That's totally a Russian troll. I like it. (laughs) I'd say so. Here's another one. The filmmaker of this Anastasia film should have their artistic license revoked. Uncomfortable to watch. Uh, Not that (laughs) awful, but this movie made the relationship between Anastasia and Rasputin so incredibly creepy, and it was uncomfortable to watch. That's accurate. (laughs) This one says, it's a five-star rating on Amazon, says Escape. 
it was a nice break from reality. And that's it. <laughs> that's well, that's that's definitely true. That says something about the state of the world. It's definitely yeah. a, it's definitely a break from reality. I'll give it that. <laughs> I'll read one more on it. Amazon. I found a funny one. It says it's a f- another five star rating. It says best movie. I found this movie absolutely riveting. Best editing <laughs> I've ever witnessed in all no my eighty five years of life. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the accents sounded professional and the acting dot 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 spot on. Would definitely recommend for families, but also on a night alone. Also, hi to all the Tampa Bay senior citizens. I finally found out how to work the internets. Only hope to someday find a movie as good as this one again. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. What is the username of that person? The, <laughs> the username is Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's posted on April 7th, 2020. So it's oh. like as soon as this movie released. Thanks so much. Oh. Well, Sarah, AJ. Out of 10 glowing friendship necklaces, what would you rate this? I would give this one glowing friendship necklace thing. I think I'd give it 0.5. <laughs> half a necklace. <laughs> Those BFF necklaces do split in half. Oh, yeah, that's right. The one she got for her birthday or whatever. Yeah, I would concur. I, I it's, it's worthy of only a, like a 0.5 friendship necklace in my book from the fact that it merely exists. Yeah. Yeah, it's existence is the low bar here. Good job. You're you're something. Yeah, you you, you exist. You <laughs> you put some words together here. Well, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Video Lab podcast. We know it was a little bit longer, but we had a lot to cover in this dumpster fire of a movie. Join us next time on the Video Lab podcast when we review the movie Project Power on Netflix. You can find my review for this movie and other movies at my blog asajthinks.com. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. Until next time, see ya. Peace.